This is Strategy That Works, where we discuss practical solutions to companies' most complex challenges. I'm your host, Robert Amberg, Chief Marketing Officer at JBM Consulting. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. Today we're talking about customer experience and specifically an omnichannel approach to CX. We'll discuss what it is, how it's different than omnichannel marketing, and how companies can put it into practice for improved results. We're joined today by Callie Wheatley and Stephen Lubell, both management consultants with JBN Consulting. Callie, Stephen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Rob. So when we're talking about omnichannel, as a CMO, I immediately had in my head an idea of what that meant, uh, but that's not necessarily the whole story. So what is omnichannel in this context? Yeah, no. Um, so Callie and I have come up with the definition after really kind of sitting down and thinking about this, how this kind of all started was we both had an, an interest and a passion for this kind of work. So we said, what's a good way to explain omnichannel? So the definition that we came up with after callous and callous going over and going over <laughs> this, but uh, so we decided that omnichannel is the strategy to connect all channels, creating a seamless, consistent customer experience. It intersects all business functions to fulfill the desired customer experience, creating a competitive edge. So that is very wordy and it might yeah. be hard to understand, but what it kind of is, is how everything is connected, mm-hmm. um, how everything flows fluidly. So you as the customer really have no idea that all these little bitty parts are moving around to make your experience um, easier and more effective for you. The goal is that all channels connect simultaneously on the back end, like within the organization. You've got everything connected from you know your ERP system all the way up to even like your social media. Um, so that way, when the customer is interacting with you, it's seamless to them and Absolutely. seamless meaning like they view it as one, like Steven said, you have the single view of the customer. Um, but then also seamless as they move across channels, they don't notice anything different. All, all it is to them is one company, one channel, really. Yeah. It should be, you know, kind of like an involuntary motion of, oh, I'm going to look at something on my phone. Well, yeah, that's that's the same experience I'm gonna have in store or in mm-hmm. an app. So um, it's kind of the all un- encompassed experience that I think uh, consumers um, today are looking for. So and it's it's somewhat different than uh, the way companies have been set up in the past, where you had uh, say a, a product manager or someone who ran the catalog, and yeah. then someone who ran right. the website, and then someone who ran a storefront, and they all had a different view potentially of the same customer and didn't didn't talk. And um, so this is kind yeah. of an evolution of that, you would say. Yeah, that's what um, multi-channel really is, which often gets confused with omni-channel. So multi-channel is siloed channels. Like you said, you have if you have someone managing the website, someone managing social media, et cetera, they typically don't talk across their functions, but then also the systems themselves don't talk across each mm-hmm. other, like system to system. Um, and so that gets confused with omnichannel because that's kind of where omnichannel almost evolved from, where it was the creation of all of these different channels, you know, as we came into the digital age, but it is a different experience for the customer as you interact with each of them. Right. So a good example of that, Rob, let's say you're at the office. Oh, I don't have a, I don't have a mouse for my computer. I got to run a Best Buy, right? Well, it used to be where you go online, you'd see that online and say, oh, that mouse is in store. Let me go get it. But when you got there, it wasn't there anymore because they didn't update each other. All the channels didn't talk to each other. No one was going back and saying, oh, that inventory is actually gone. Mm-hmm. The way this helps it now. So when you go on store and you click that and say, oh, 
this is in-store pickup. When you get to that store, that mouse will be there for you to purchase. So it's all like, you don't even think about it. And it all works that way. That didn't happen in the past. And for a customer experience, if you showed up at Best Buy and said, oh, this mouse isn't there, now I can't do my work today, that is losing the credibility of that store for that experience. And it's a bad experience. And that's almost like the expectations today with customers, which is kind of our job and like why why we like it, why we have a job. It's these expectations now are so set. And I typically hate mentioning Amazon just because it, it's overused, but it's so true. Like they do a lot of things right. And so it's almost like the Amazonification, if you will, of this age. Yeah, good word. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I made it up. Oh, really? <laughs> but I'll claim it. Okay. Re- Thanks. <laughs> um, so it's the customer expectations are, you know, also they're ever changing, ever evolving, but they're high. Mm-hmm. And so they know that they can, from Amazon, they can do go to Best Buy or go to Amazon. And what they see on the inventory is true. And if they were to go in store, they were, they know it's there. Like you can trust it. So when it's not there or it breaks down, like the systems aren't talking to each other. They're mad because their expectations aren't met. We're in the age of choice, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you, everyone's doing something really well, right? So how do you gain that customer advantage? So omni-channel is a way to have that a really good strategy behind that. It's something that's really important. When something seems so easy as, oh, they talk to each other. I mean, the stuff that happens mm-hmm. in the back end that has to happen, um, even example, when you return something to a store, how does that get put back into an inventory? And how does that relate back to a website or to an in-store um, experience, something that seems really easy to, to accomplish is extremely complicated. So so let me ask you this. Um, I won't name the, the store because I actually enjoy going there. And I, I go there on a weekly basis. It's my right. grocery store. What if they're and listening? Okay. Yeah. It, this, this is my grocery store. I'm certain they're listening. Um, <laughs> one, uh, one experience I feel like they have attempted to do um, is, because uh, I shop both online and f- like for pre-pickup and then I'll go in store and yeah. do my grocery shopping. Um, and invariably, uh, and I use a loyalty card every time I go in, get yep. points, et cetera. Um, every time I check out without fail, the, you always get like a couple coupons that spit out, you know, uh, when you check out. Um, every time the coupons are for exactly what I just bought. Yeah. Sure. And not for say something that I buy frequently, but maybe didn't purchase this time. Right. Which tells me that they don't necessarily, aren't capturing my purchase history, um, but rather they're just spitting out what I like, just bought. Like my customer information isn't really that valuable. So um, I feel like there's a, you know, maybe a lot of situations where companies are trying to, like, I, I assume they're doing something that they feel is good for me because they're giving me a coupon to have me repeat purchase something. Right. Um, but it would be really great if they gave me the coupon either ahead of time yeah. on my, you know, uh, on my smartphone right. that I could go shopping with or you know, gave me something that I didn't just purchase. Yeah, so there is a reason why that happens. Um, they know that you're going to come in and buy that product probably, or you know, let, you know, let's say it's a gallon of milk, right? And you're going to come and buy that at least once a week. Their idea is that you're going to come in. If we give you a coupon for next time you come that and buy that that gallon of milk, maybe you'll get some some dessert with that or cookies next time because you know you're going to save money on that product that you always buy. Mm-hmm. Now let me go, let me go buy you know that done the cookie aisle and you're going to get some cookies and maybe you buy that a couple of times they're going to have that put into it right so um, it's a way that they can kind of start 
understanding what your persona is, is, oh, I'm a cookie and milk guy. You know, Rob's coming in for some cookies today. Like yeah, so a slow right? way to understand <laughs> who they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's more of like an upsell tactic. Almost. Right. It's like, hey, here's a coupon because if you get a free gallon of milk, well, then, yeah, if you give a mouse a cookie and then maybe I'll go buy a cookie or gallon of milk. Yeah. So now I'm a cookie it, monster and a mouse. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever you want to be, Rob. You don't know what Rob looks like. It's a mixture of cookie monster and a mouse. So. <laughs> the point is like, okay, so I have a coupon for a free something or discount on something. I can go, I can spend money elsewhere on something else. So yeah, it's like an upsell tactic. Right. But what they could do to create like an optimal customer experience would to be proactive. And it would be to mm -hmm. capture your preferences. Um, the omni-channel experience would be understanding you shopping online, what you're searching, whether you buy it or not. Like, that doesn't really matter because if you're searching, you're clicking, they're almost, they're capturing your clicks mm -hmm. and then they can use that into their system and say, okay, well, if, even if Rob doesn't buy a gallon of milk, maybe he's going to buy cookies. All right. So instead of giving him the coupon for the gallon of milk, he bought or didn't buy, give him the proactively give mm -hmm. him the coupon for the cookies. Right. Cause you're going to buy that milk regardless. So, right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Or Makes you sense. search like Nabisco and you really want Toll House. <laughs> It's like you guys know me too well. Yeah. <laughs> we follow you in your right. yeah. unsaid grocery store. Right. So, yeah. so I kind of gave it a, a, a basic example, but um, you know, basically a, a storefront and a website. So, how how is Omnichannel different than just the storefront and the website? Yeah, it's all of the backend systems connecting. Um, so you have your storefront, your website is like the front, the front part, right? That's everything you as a customer, as a consumer, can see and who you interact with. Like that's. Those employees there or the website platform is like your front line of defense as an organization. Um, Omnichannel differs because you include the middle and the back office of within the organization. So you have like your financing, your pricing, which is important in order to um, like as we were talking about coupons, that that would be your middle office, your back office. You have like your IT, your technology, all of these um, supply chain systems that are talking together. So that your um, in-store experience matches your website experience and vice versa. And then it also matches your expectations because if on the website or um, even if you're interacting with a salesperson and they say, okay, we can get you uh, your product in two days, free shipping, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. But then you have the backend systems or supply chain warehouse, they're not able to fulfill it within two days nor are they aware that they offer free shipping. Well, then you get it in five days and you've already paid for expedited shipping. And again, that goes back to expectations not being met. So everything has to be connected from the front, what you see to the back of what you don't see, but the magic happens back there and you get your product somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that's kind of what makes the customer experience like you point out um, flawless and it's a seamless transition. Now, I think I wanna, and I, uh, Callie, if you disagree, please jump in, but not everything is talking to each other at the exact same time, right? Mm -hmm. So if if I, I like to use the uh, returns uh, platform, so like when you send a return in, you get that confirmation email that that label gets sent to you. It goes, you know, you take it back to the store. It goes into um, back to the let's call it warehouse and inventory for marketing purposes. Maybe that the marketing doesn't touch that, but other things are connecting. So you know. I, the way I like to think about it sometimes is you have like a strain of Christmas lights and like two connect and other connect, but one's out. Like it all doesn't have to be on at the same time for it to work. Right. But mm -hmm. what's good about this is when it needs to work together, something that needs to connect together, 
when that when that relationship needs to happen, then it does connect with each other, right? So I think it's a when you say, oh well, like tell me what your omni-channel experience is, and people are like, well, what do you mean by that? Well, we're not saying tell me how everything connects together, which it should if it needs to. But I think that's kind of like the confusion sometimes. Yeah, that's fair. And like we were talking about, you were talking about marketing. It's like maybe they're not on right now or as during the shopping experience. But since everything can connect and is connected, they can capture like your preferences or they can capture um, more of like your customer information so that marketing can go out and grab it. Right. However they would. Well, and from a marketing perspective on the returns, you know, uh, I just had a return with... uh, with Amazon, you know, not to yeah. give another Amazon example, but right. um, obviously very, sim- very simple process, very mm-hmm. easy. Um, I submit the return, I get the label, I drop it off at UPS. Um, and usually within 10 minutes after it's hit the UPS system, I get an email that says your process, your return has been processed. You'll have your refund, yep. et cetera. You know, it probably still hasn't even left the UPS facility, but it's in their system. It's in their hands. Right. Right. Me as the customer, I don't have to worry about it. From a marketing standpoint, you could get a follow-up email that says, Hey, based on your um, reason for return, sorry you didn't like these sneakers, here's a other couple, two or three you might mm-hmm. might like, you know, different color, different size, different style, yeah. and that's a marketing opportunity. Upsell, marketing, yeah. you know, but yep. same idea. So uh, having those systems talk is is critical there. Yeah. And that's like very high level is what a good omni-channel system does, mm-hmm. right? So we talked before about the term click and mortar. Yeah. So s- explain what that is. Yeah, sure. So click and mortar is um, a new retail, I won't say tactic, but a new way to kind of uh, have a customer have a different experience, right? So, you know, we're living in an age now and um, Amazon, sorry for the third time we said it, but Amazon, <laughs> you know, they've, they've really taken the market on like the online experience, right? So retailers today, and you see this a lot in high-end retail, which is that consumer really wants to have that person-to-person experience, that in-store experience, but the company might not want to hold a bunch of inventory in a warehouse. They might not want to have to go through that, let's stock stuff in our store. So the click and mortar experience is uh, you walk into a store, let's say you're going to buy a shirt, and a a few companies do this really well, but you want to buy a shirt, you walk in, you walk in this beautiful showroom, they offer you a beverage, They you have a personal stylus for you and you try on a couple shirts oh this fits me perfectly this color i love that so now i'm going to go to my ipad i'm going to order this for you it's going to be at your door in two days so it has the experience of in-store let's go shopping with the ad experiences oh i get something delivered to my door which everyone loves to receive a package right Mm -hmm. so it's kind of that how do we change the way um we brand ourselves a term that i like is clienteling and it's a not it's a it's an industry term for how do we gain customers to come into our store and stay there and have that brand recognition. Mm-hmm. And that's what click and mortar stores do um, in order to kind of develop that new experience of, uh, no one's really doing this. Let's see if we can have attraction in the industry and in the market mm-hmm. so we can kind of be the next cool kind of fad experience type sure. thing. Yeah, and similarly, like the concept of click and mortar, it's, I mean, it's integrating the offline and online. Like yep. you're in the store, you can buy online, get shipped or vice versa. Um, 
like Warby Parker is a good example. Yeah. So they were just, they only had a digital storefront when they first started. You only went on to their website or I guess their app. Yeah. And uh, you bought online, shipped to your door. But now they're opening, they have all of these brick and mortar stores. So they're kind of doing the opposite of what was happening to just a few years ago where brick and mortar stores were closing their doors either because they didn't get their online presence up or because they were moving fully online. Um, but yeah, Warby Parker is doing it the, the opposite way where they had online. Now they're opening brick and mortar so that you can come in, have your personal stylist, try the glasses in, on in store and like really get that touch and feel yeah. of it while still getting the online experience. Right. And I think for a business aspect of it, it like I said, it cuts down on inventory. You don't have to, you know, for job purposes, it might not be the best for economy for hiring purposes, but you don't have to have that much uh actual person to work in your store because it's all done really online. So Bonobos is another company that does it really well. Um, they are men's upscale re of, uh, retail store and they do it the opposite way where they, from Callie's example, um, it's called a guide shop. And like when you go in there, like you have the experience of, oh, this is cool. I got a personal shopper. They're going to give me a beer. They're going to sit there and like, I'm really going to build this relationship. So I use them. I go to the same guy, Alex, if you're out there listening. <laughs> Thank you for the new shirt. But And the beer. And the beer. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and But I now have a relationship with my stylist. I guess mm -hmm. I'm a stylist now. Well, look at me. Look, <laughs> look at me, Rob. Look at me. New age. <laughs> so, but in the long run, it's kind of an easy thing where now I can also, when I'm at home and I said, oh, I need that new white shirt. Um, because I'm doing a podcast today. Um, not, not wearing a white shirt out there, but um, nor can they but, see you. But in, right, yeah, good point. But if I instead of going into that store, I can still go on my profile online and click that same shirt, those same measurements. And what the Omni Channel it does is it stores that in their CRM. It stores that oh, this is going to ship to Steven's um, address. This is you know, he likes this, and then they can kind of show me oh, Steven, you bought this shirt last year. Well, we have a new style out. You might like this. Let me put that in your email that you get once every week, mm -hmm. you know, at type. So it's all it's all working on the back end as yeah. well. But having that customer experience in the front end and something like brick and mortar is so, so key because if not, I just go to Amazon or another big retailer and right. and not even really care about it. And didn't you say with Bonobos, was that the one where they only have a certain amount of style or a certain amount of styles and sizes in store? Yeah. So you go and try it on and you don't walk out with the product. Exactly. Right? You just go and try it on. And yeah. it gets to still delivered to you. And they deliver step. it to you on their iPad in front of you. And yeah, they have one of every size, color, and mm -hmm. then you like you kind of learn what you kind of like, right? So there you go with the inventory. Yeah, Helps inventory. With mm -hmm. There's yeah, you cannot walk out with anything from that store. Everything comes shipped. Comes right. shipped. Right. And a beautifully packaged box and everything. I mean, it's like the whole experience of no, I mean, I'm sure there's some times when I'm like, oh, I really need that white shirt today. And you probably wouldn't go use them for that kind of purpose, but it's just part of the experience. Awesome. Yeah. There's also car companies doing it now. Mm -hmm. So, car companies where you go pick out your car and yeah, they'll ship it. it to you. Yeah. You go pick it out in their design shop. A Tesla does it, I yeah. think, really well. You yeah. walk in. Yeah. You've never heard of anybody walking out with a Tesla. Right. <laughs> no. But even same with them. Now they have a storefront. Like right. they didn't always have that. Yeah. Good point. Good point. So, what are, what are some other uh, companies that you feel like does a really good job? Yeah, Nike does a really good job. Um, yeah, that's all around good omni-channel they do because I mean, yeah. they kind of change the like the way of stores a little bit as well. Now they're almost like it's an interactive experience when you go into Nike. That's yeah. kind of what they're getting. It's like you go in, you can 
be in the store, try it on. You yourself can purchase right from the store, whether it's on the website, because, I mean, you're looking at size nine, you know, new Nike shoes, yeah. and you go online, and they're right there. Absolutely. I mean, I do that. It's like, or you browse another store or, like, another outlet or whatever to see if they're there. Um, but, yeah, Nike is cool because they have, like, a full in-store experience. Sure. Or even, like, um, I mean, Sephora is going, like, full technology, like, almost AR, yeah. VR stuff. So they have, like, these magic mirrors yeah, Jake Crew in. does it too. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think I think they do. Yeah, you can look they in the mirror should. and you can see um, like like Sephora, like yeah. what that shade what it of looks lipstick like will you. look like on you. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I think like the one that's pretty. I think we all drink it at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. It has a great just in-app experience to where the mobile ordering and how that connects with your store and your order and how much it tells you how long it's going to be and on time. So I think it's. For any way that a company can really make your experience, I think that this is the whole idea around Omnichannel is the customer experience, right? So like I said in the beginning of the, of the podcast, there's so many choices now. For Starbucks, you know, they're going to have to be like, okay, like we got to make a way for we come to buy our coffee, even though I don't know who it doesn't drink Starbucks right? there's one in every corner, but they have to keep these ideas of the experience for the customer. So they yeah, do it really well. Coffee's a commodity. It's a commodity. Yep. Well, I feel like this is one of those things that, you know, can be a real win-win when you're when you're doing something that enhances a customer experience, making it seamless, making it easy, making it delivered when and where and how they want, and at the same time, doing things to enhance your your ability as a company to manage inventory, to manage your supply chain, mm -hmm. uh, to manage your um, uh, staff levels. Yeah. You know, right. I mean, uh, I, I think that that is a great win-win. Sure. Um, so. It, that's probably why it's so popular. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as Stephen mentioned too, it's like helps with operational costs, helps with inventory overhead. And then ultimately, like, I mean, the whole goal of customer experience is to create loyalty and drive advo advocacy. Yep. And Omnichannel just enables that at, throughout your whole customer experience lifecycle. So if you've got a loyal customer, they're going to keep coming back to you. So that's repeat purchases. But then if they like you, um, they're going to tell all of their friends, so then that's additional customers you can bring on. Yeah, it's a good way to collect customer data and really yeah. kind of drive to maybe you need to target a new new market, new sector, new demographic. It's just ways that for companies to run the back-end analytics, which, like, I mean, do I care how much analytics is run? Oh, as a consultant, I do. But when I go yeah. to Best Buy, like, am I looking at what's happening on the back-end? No. I want to know that my computer I'm buying is going to be there. But for Best Buy to say, oh, this person, this age range, in this area of, of Atlanta bought this computer, and oh, 10 other people bought this computer in the same, you know, it's easy for them to say, oh, well. Valuable information. For inventory purposes, we need to keep stocking this, and if not, so I mean, it's a solution where I think people think about, oh, that, that makes really good sense, and yeah, that should happen, but mm -hmm. it's can be complicated to kind of, to make it all work together, if sure. so. So, we, we've talked a lot about Omnichannel from a customer experience standpoint. Yeah. I think a lot of people, when they hear Omnichannel, at least in my world, anyway, they think omnichannel marketing. Yeah, sure. right. So, what, what's the what, what's the main difference? I mean, it, it sounds like fundamentals may be similar, uh, but when we talk about the difference there, what, what's what are the main ones? Yeah, you're right. I mean, the fundamentals are similar. The goal is that all the channels connect. Um, they're it's seamless for the customer. You have the same like single view of the customer from your company's perspective. But the thing with omnichannel marketing is it's really more just the front end channels. So it's more of the social media, the websites, um, even like your Salesforce could be one. Um, yeah. It's so it doesn't necessarily include the supply chain or like the pricing aspect of it. Um, 
which is what we wanted to focus on too, because I mean, we think retail is a great example. It's go omnichannel is going to be adopted by all these other industries as well. But we think that omnichannel is, it's more inclusive than just the front facing channel. I mean, omni means all. So it's like all channels with that right. within an organization. Sure. And like when you're, if you're, if you're serving someone an ad, it's making sure that you don't, if, if they click on an ad to, to purchase something uh, on through, through email, that you're not serving them the same ad on social after after they bought. That you're not serving them the same. Right. You know. Great example. Uh, okay. Great example. Yeah. Excellent. So, um, you know, it, as we mentioned, a lot of companies I think are are moving towards this way. There's a lot of reasons why that we've covered. Yeah. Um, you know, if you are at a company where you want to put this in place in your business, um, you know, what what is there like an audit you can do? What are some things? What what are the first steps you can really do to to make this happen? I mean, high level, really, it's like you define the experience that you want for your customers based on who your like organization is and like match that to what your goals and vision within the company are. And then you assess that experience. You assess the current state experience against what you ultimately want it to be. Right. Um, and then within Omnichannel, it's looking at that and assessing it from the customer's almost lane, like the customer view, but then also internally. Um, I mean, you want to do both because uh, the customer, the internal imp impacts the customer, obviously. And so the customers might have a fine customer experience, right. really, like it could be okay. But then if your internal um, like functions or communications or handoffs are breaking down, that's going to be the indicator of like, well, maybe the customer experience isn't bad now because we've been able to kind of like put a bandaid on it so customers don't see it as much. But if you don't fix your internal operations, then it will impact your customer experience. Yeah, somewhere. right. Even as a company, and that's good points. Even when a company, like let's say you're a smaller company and you're growing exponentially, assessing how mature these different areas mm -hmm. are and say, oh, we're going to acquire this many new customers and we're going to reach out to these new people and we're going to have a new platform and all this, all this stuff um, to really assess, oh, can we handle this with our current situation? And then there's ways to kind of say, oh, well, we need to have someone really kind of run the analysis on our channels mature. Are they are, are we ready to make this move? Yeah. Uh, last thing you want to do is make this move, have all this cool stuff, and then it doesn't work on the back end, which in mm -hmm. return won't work won't on the front end. So, or similarly, uh, if the customers don't want it, you don't right. need to build it. Exactly. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we've learned a lot today about the yeah. channel. Hope really. so. Appreciate you guys being here. I think we've, yeah, of course, you know, learned that Amazon is everywhere, and yeah, I'm a cookies and milk kind of guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I Fantastic. like white shirts from retailers. That's so. right. You have a stylist. <laughs> Who knew? I have Who a stylist. <laughs> well, Stephen, Callie, thank you both. Yeah, thank uh, you very much for being here. Appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Yeah, cool. thanks so much. Thanks. thanks.